Hi, I'm Talissa. And I'm Rachel, and this is Transatlantic Crime, a true crime podcast that covers stories from each side of the pond. Every week, we will both cover a separate story with a running theme. Disclaimer, this podcast will contain swearing and details that some people may find offensive. If you are of a sensitive disposition, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Transatlantic Crime. We have a lot to talk about for you because you had a birthday and you had a hen do. Oh my God. It's been a hot minute, hasn't it, since we've talked? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome back, everyone. (laughs) Welcome back. Off the top, I just ate a fucking serene bar and... Because I bought some mini ones. Because oh. you know, I bought you over a big, a big Love one. Love those. Yeah, I'm not joking. It was like eating whatever planets are made out of. <laughs> it, I f- it was so dense. It nearly fucking ripped my teeth. It was like eating a toffee. Like, yeah, it was unbelievable. I love them. I love them so much. Oh my god! Can't it was like an here. ordeal. <laughs> <laughs> Tempted to send over those the rest of the packet that I have because I get those. <laughs> Although I am I'm on a like a workout eating plan right now for the next was it eight weeks six weeks something like that so I can't eat that stuff right now. No serene for you. No serene for me. It is like fucking dark matter, so I can't imagine it fitting <laughs> into any reasonable diet plan. What's the diet plan? I'm not like cutting any, well, I, uh, you know, I'm eating less sugar and stuff like that, but it's just like, I don't eat enough, basically. I don't really yeah. uh, go throughout my day and eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So this is just me making sure that I'm getting all of my appropriate nutrients and everything. So it's not like yeah, see, I'm I on the Atkins my life diet. Around I, breakfast, yeah, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I'm not like on the Atkins diet or the keto or whatever. It's just like making sure I'm eating enough food and it's good food. It's not like I'm eating a plate of nachos at the end of the day and that's my dinner. Yeah. Even though that does sound delicious. Yes. <laughs> you, yeah. It's very sensible. That's like yeah. what a mum would put you on. I'd be like, right, you are going to eat porridge for breakfast, young lady. And that like- is literally what I just ate. I've probably had my mum like lecture me to eat porridge before, so yeah. Um, good for you, Rach, getting on the health train. Thanks. Um, it's all right, mate. Uh, so I have not been on the health train. <laughs> I've been on the booze boat. <laughs> yeah, like yes. Uh, so it was sh- my friend Charlotte's getting married, and it was her Hindu, and I haven't really I haven't been on a Hindu for ages. Mm. So we had to dress up like Spice Girls or like nineties themed. Oh, so I just I didn't wore my normal clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah, we went on a boat and there was a drag queen on the boat. Amazing. And they did a twerking competition. Like we all had to do like our best twerks, which I, I luckily I wasn't in that one because I can't twerk for shit. Um I can't. None of us can, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's a really like it's an art uh, form niche skill yes yeah. like it's so difficult and i was like had my ass in the drag queen's face being like is this it am i doing it <laughs> they were like kind of uh, good, good, <laughs> and I good was just effort doing, 
doing it continuously for like five minutes and then by the end of the five minutes they were like maybe you're getting it like maybe it's there (laughs) and then we had a slut drop competition which obviously I'm great at we were Mm. all good at that and I won the slut drop competition sent you a video of that didn't I yeah amazing video job thanks very much um yeah and obviously it was a lot we had like boxes of wine and stuff the next day everybody just felt pretty sorry (sighs) for themselves yeah (sighs) yeah and like I was doing that thing where you just think because your card like taps on stuff you're like oh it's just magic money so like you Mm -hmm. know when you check your bank balance the next day and you're like why god why (laughs) and you know when you're pissed up and generous and you're like I'll get this round in like who wants a drink you a drink for you a drink for you a drink for you you get a drink and you get a drink (laughs) I was like holy hell (laughs) so there might be some ebaying going on towards the end of this month Mm. just Terrific. After this Hindu, I was like, oh, never, you know, when you're like, never again, never drinking again. Like, fuck yeah. this. I feel like yeah. shit. Yeah. I've been working from home all week and I've sort of, you know, when you're like rattling around. Yeah. And I was like, mm, dum de dum. And then, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm starting to feel a little bit better, actually. And then my friend Loretta was like, I'm going to come around and like show you my baby. And Aww. I was like, okay, cool. And then I was like, do you know what? Fuck this. I'm opening some Prosecco. <laughs> And it was like Wednesday. And I was like, so it took from Saturday to Wednesday for me to swear off alcohol Change and then drink again. And I was like, yeah, but I think I think I just kind of forgot the drudgery of life. Oh. <laughs> I was like, nope, going to need something to spice this up. Yeah, I've been there many times where I'm like, I'm never doing this again. I'm not drinking. I'm That's it. I'm not drinking for the next year. And then like a week later, <laughs> it's like, like well, this is fun. Got- Anyone got a beer? Yeah. Has <laughs> <Is> anyone? <laughs> Have you got through all the alcohol that was at your party yet from when I came? No. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I ended up bringing some of that to another party. And I still have yeah. some left. I have Just so much. it off. Yeah. People went all out for that party. Yeah. It was good. Okay, so. Uh, Let's talk I some have been true trying... crime stuff. I'm trying. I've been trying not to talk to you about all the programs yeah. I've been watching, all the podcasts I've been listening to, because I just need to talk about it on the podcast and not waste good podcast material. Yeah, <laughs> I found this podcast called Gone South. Oh, have you heard of it? I don't think so. So I have been solely focusing on podcasts that are all out. I'm like, if it's yes. not all out, I don't want to know about it. I'm not, it's got to be a yeah, binge. I'm not fucking. I'm not waiting a week. You can forget it. So I found Gone South. And it's so good. It's about this prosecutor in Louisiana and she gets murdered by being stabbed once through the heart. Whoa. While she's walking her dog. But she lives in a gated community, so it's like really safe. But they find out there's literally about six people that could have done it. Okay. And they deep dive into all of the people. When did and it it's happen? Super interesting. Uh I don't think it happened that long ago. Maybe like 2018. Oh wow. And the guy that does the podcast is the same guy that made the pharmacist documentary. Have you seen the pharmacist on Netflix? No. That's about a guy, he's a pharmacist, and his son died of an opiate overdose. Mm. And then everybody that came into his chemist, he was like, why are you getting these really strong pain pills? Like, what are they for? Yeah. And people would be like, oh, just like, you know, a bit of a bad back or whatever. And he was like, okay, well, do you want to try these less strong ones first? Wow, like, he was basically trying to stop yeah, he was trying to stop people getting hooked on pain pills because his son yeah. died. And then he he realized that just tackling it that way wasn't going to do anything and he had to go higher 
to mm. government and then the the pharma companies. Yeah, he made this documentary and it's really good. I'd recommend watching that. Okay. And then he made this Gone South podcast, which is really well done. They kind of definitely come to a conclusion of what they think happened, which I quite like as well. Like when mm. they nail it down and they're like, this is what I think. Even happened. though nothing official has been proven. No, nothing official, okay. no. And I was also listening to a podcast called, uh, I think it's called An Absurd Result. Do you know what they're like? I wouldn't recommend you listening to it. But okay. the crux of it is a really interesting concept. There's a little girl and somebody burgles her house, but mm. they rape her while they mm. do it. Okay. And then this random guy in town gets blamed for it. And he's basically just a teenage troublemaker. Mm. Uh, and he's a bit, um, I don't know if he is actually has learning difficulties or he's a bit sort of s slower, but he speaks kind of like he might do okay and he like mumbles loads and he seems to be a bit sort of like behind things yeah and the police basically target him it's mm. a bit of a Stephen Avery type situation yeah they target him and they they pin this crime on him it's because the little, little girl is doing a uh photo fit drawing with yeah. somebody and a police officer just leans over and goes oh that's so and so which what? is obviously so out of order because you're putting that idea yeah. in someone's head right like a you're putting that idea in someone's head b that's just a drawing also like she saw him at night in yeah. her room she didn't right. see him like in the day or anything so it's not going to be the most perfect representation of the um, yeah. perpetrator yeah and anyway he gets exonerated because they do dna dna results and it excludes him as a possible of course possible perpetrator so he yeah. didn't do it but they find out the guy that they think did do it and by that point the statute of limitations has run out on sexual mm. assault so somebody got to rape an eight-year-old and get away with it wow and they took it to the supreme court and everything and it just gets thrown out where and when and was this i think it happened in like the 90s or the 80s and it was in missouri Oh, okay. And yeah, I believe it, she was eight in the 90s. And um, there was an argument of you can't retroactively apply the law. So even if they got that law changed now, mm. it wouldn't save her conviction. It wouldn't save okay. her getting the person that did it to her in prison, but it might save future people. But then the other argument was, it's not as if the law changed and then you're trying to prosecute somebody. For example, like say marrying somebody who was 14 was legal back then right and then it became illegal you couldn't go back and charge someone with like statutory rape right but what he did was illegal then and it is illegal now right so retroactively applying it isn't getting him for a crime that he didn't commit then that it's, he did commit now it's just the statute of limitations that ran out it's just the time right yeah it's just the time which is crazy their argument is kind of you know evidence like degrades and people's memories fade and stuff so it wouldn't be a fair trial and if it's too far in the future and that's what the statute of limitations is for that's it seems so to ridiculous because like it's like you have the evidence and the witness from the time whatever you have from yeah. that time and then now you have the dna that matches somebody what is there missing what is needed you're literally that 
he did it. He did he it. He just fully did it. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, yeah, it's, it's such a frustrating listen. And that is dragged out over like six hours. So I was listening to it being like, oh, he's going to get convicted. It's all good. And then they were like, yeah, we took it to the Supreme Court. And he didn't get convicted. And I was like, I just, what? <laughs> so annoyed thanks for saving us of that <laughs> yeah ending i of don't that want you to, expectations i don't want you to go through yeah <laughs> like, I, was, I was like it's gonna work out he's gonna be put in print nope mm. so annoying really but irritating at the same time the rest of his life that's what he's gonna be known for unless he moves to canada and changes his name or something yeah there was a woman who did an article on him uh like what he's been doing and where he's been yeah. And it was when I Googled his name, her her article was like the only thing really that came up. Wow. There's other people, I think, oh, I can't remember his name. He's called Ron something. But there were other people called Ron something or other that came up. Mm. Like, so it's not this massive story. Okay. And yeah, so this, so when you Google him now, like there's a picture of him in the courtroom because it, mm. it did go to, it did go to a courtroom. Yeah. But obviously the charges were dropped. And she would be like our age now if that was a, if she was that age in the 90s. So I hope she's doing well. Yeah. What was the name of that podcast? Uh, It's called An Absurd Result. An Absurd Result, I think. Okay. That kind of gives away the ending. It, yeah, they don't... Even when you read the description, I think it says what happens. But yeah. It, yeah. I wouldn't waste your time listening to it. I've just told oh. you exactly what happened anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, it sounds like it was made well and it was a good story so i'd probably listen to it just for that oh yeah it was definitely like it's not her fault the result is really frustrating right <laughs> like the woman yeah. that made the podcast it's not her fault that the fucking state of missouri or Mon montana or wherever are a bunch of dicks and <laughs> won't convict a child rapist but yeah yeah you know when you're watching um making a murderer and you just want him to get out yeah yeah like, so bad right it's like that even though let me caveat that with i think he did do it so have you been watching any true crime? I've just been going through a lot in the past couple of weeks and I've really been just... It's been intense. It's been an intense couple of weeks or months and I've been watching a lot of reality TV. I have not been watching any true crime. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. I've, I'm still listening to American Scandal, which again is a great binge because there's so many seasons and so many different stories. I tried to look at that and I got so overwhelmed with how many seasons there were that I was like, it, oh, I can't do this. Ah. It is overwhelming. <laughs> Maybe once I get through, then I'll make a list of which seasons you should listen to and our listeners. That would be really helpful. Thank yeah. you. I would appreciate that. Maybe that could be a Patreon episode too, or I don't know. Sure. Maybe I'll just share it yeah. for free on here for everyone. But uh, yeah. speaking of Patreon, our episode is out with mine and Carly's episode, and I've had some good feedback from it so far. Are they other people that believe in aliens? That's the thing. I think me and Carly, and maybe our listeners who have gotten back to us, we're in this boat of like, it could be, but... I feel like when Jurassic you start Jurassic Park could happen. <laughs> when you start saying I believe in UFOs, I feel like you're put in this bracket of like <laughs> the people, people with crazy massive hair. Yeah. That have their that have their cigarettes stolen when they have KFC and stuff. Yes. <laughs> like that alien abduction program. Exactly, exactly. So 
I don't say outright, yes, I believe in UFOs. I just tell them what basically what I said in the podcast episode with Carly, which is, here's my experiences with it. So maybe. Yeah, I think it's I think it's safe. It's a safe bet to be on the fence. Yeah. When it comes to announcing you believe in UFOs. I mean, that yeah. guy in the program, he lost his job. Exactly. But he was saying that they had a relationship and a child. So that's a step further, I think, <laughs> than saying maybe could happen. Yeah. Um, okay. So one last mention of true mm. crime TV. Yes. Because I've been fucking going. I've been hammering through You're, it. You're, you've like, been sw- I'm swimming in a sea of <laughs> true crime TV and podcasts. A I'm deep, an dark sea. machine. I watched House of Hammer. You know, mm. the Army Hammer thing? Yes. So I was like, okay, I slag off Army Hammer. I need to know why I'm slagging him off, like, mm-hmm. properly. Yeah. I could be wrong. I'm not wrong. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, he says he's doing, like, BDSM with his girlfriends. Yeah. Like, sadomasochism stuff. He's not. He's tying them up, like, basically against their will. Mm. And mm-hmm. they're young yeah, and they're they like don't 20... know any better. It's their first okay. experience with... um. BDSM so it's like basically somebody is teaching you all this stuff and you trust them and yeah and he's teaching you wrong exactly he, he's just doing it in a selfish way making up the rules that yeah. are best for him yeah he has a lot of um texts about how he like he wants to eat them and mm-hmm. cut bits off them and yeah. have them be his slave and they're not cool with it and yeah. he's like getting off on that and also there are some like there's some accusations of rape in there as well. He fully rapes people, but yeah. pretends that it's a it's a kind of game or whatever. And they were, they're like, no, it's not a game. I didn't want to have sex with you. And then he kind of goes into rehab and he's like, oh, I'm in rehab for like my sex mm-hmm. addiction and yeah. drugs and stuff. And then tries to plan this like big comeback. And then he was in a film called Death on the Nile, which yeah. I didn't watch. Yeah. I have heard of. But like, I wouldn't watch it knowing he was in it. Mm. And I think a lot of people felt the same because the film was a bit of a flop. Yeah. And it had big people, people like, in it. It had uh, Gal Gadot and... The poster was like 20 people that were the characters. Gal Gadot, Kenneth Branagh, Annette Bening, Letitia Wright, Russell Brand is in it. So a bunch of big people. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently like it didn't do very well and his career hasn't taken off like the same but no. he's from a billionaire family like mm-hmm. his great great grandfather was an oil baron yeah so it just There's... goes to show money can't buy you fame if you <laughs> want it like it can for a while and then you'll do mm-hmm. something shitty and uh the you... trash takes itself out exactly there's the hammer museum in la that's a big museum uh they're really big mm, in the art yeah. world i have been avoiding that documentary because I follow one of his victims who spoke out about it and she has been really outspoken about this documentary about how the filmmakers asked her to be in it and she said no I don't want to keep reliving my trauma and Mm -hmm. they used her text messages without permission and they Uh, have spoken about her just in a bad way and she's just been like you know saying like 
I didn't give permission to tell my story, but you are telling my story. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why. Because, I mean, as a filmmaker, if somebody says that, then you have to respect it. But they kind of, they didn't yeah, listen kind of to off. that. I didn't know any of that. Uh, I wish I did know. Maybe then I wouldn't have watched it. But I am glad I did watch it. Because, yeah. Because, you know, when you're like, you did bad shit. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you want to know exactly what the bad shit they did was. Right. So that you can be strong in your position. Yeah. Like if somebody says to you, oh, why don't you like them? And you're like, because of this, 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 I've like looked into it. Yeah. But yeah. So I would recommend following her on Instagram. And if you do want to know more about what happened to her and what happened to other people, she has a bunch of different highlights and all of her text messages with Army Hammer, or not all of them, but a lot of them. And you can, like, I got into a deep dive following (laughs) just like reading everything and and every once in a while she posts about the aftermath of that experience with him and also dealing with the filmmakers and dealing with the courts and all that kind of stuff um but she is house of effie that's her instagram yeah they mention they mention her a lot in it Mm. she's like the thing that that breaks the story basically she is she was yeah yeah i watched that and that was super interesting and now i'm watching sins of the mother yes i have been waiting to get into that i'm hoping that i watch it tonight with a couple of my friends for our true crime taco bell night so jealous of true crime taco (laughs) bell night although i'm jealous but i wish you well and i wish that you get to i hope you get to watch this documentary because the thing with her right it starts off with Laurie Vallow, her children went missing, and you don't know where they are. Yeah. And it yep. turns out that she killed them. It's right? an insane story. If that's, if that's not mental enough, yeah. there's five murders that happen on the outside of that yep. that she's involved in or yeah. near to. Mm-hmm. The, the, it's like a made-up soap opera saga. You just couldn't make it up. Right. And she was originally a Mormon, so mm-hmm. like the Church of, what is it? Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Or yeah. the however fucking long the title <laughs> is that I can never remember of that church. And so originally, like all her family uh, are Mormons. And they're all so sweet. They're mm-hmm. all so lovely. Mm. And then she's, she looks lovely and she looks sweet. And she sounds sweet, like <laughs> when she's texting people. like yeah. And then she does a podcast, which funny enough, when this kind of story broke i started listening to the podcast that she did thinking oh wow like that'll be interesting it's gibberish okay she's going on about how she's lived 20 lives and been a soldier and basically they think the world is going to end or well they thought the world was going to end on the 22nd of july 2020 what so why (laughs) i don't know they've obviously fucking seen that in a i don't know a book or whatever they're really doomsday like they break off from the Mormon church and start their own mad other church kind of thing. Yeah. Which is basically a cult. And they start saying people are zombies and that they mm-hmm. haven't, they're not in their body anymore. It's just so layered. It's a three-part documentary, I think, but it could go on for like at least six. I could probably so talk much mad shit that happened. for six hours about this. Oh my God. Yeah. But this documentary, they, you know, documentaries are like, oh, you know, her family did this, her family did that. They've got all of her family on it. Wow. They've got her mum, they've wow. got her son, 
her first son, her relatives and close friends, like they've got really good access. Mm. So it's not just a sort of helicopter like documentary. It's they proper get in there. That's to talk to people. That's my worst fear. If I ever had kids, you would hope that you would bring them up in like a nice, sweet, good family. And then, yeah, the, no, it just turns out that they're a psychopath and whatever's in their head, you cannot do anything about. Well, you can't choose your family and I've got some fucking nutters in my family. So, <laughs> I mean, they haven't murdered anyone that I know of. It's but... just, just scary. Yeah, I do fear that if I have a child, I'll fuck it up somehow. And not then they'll not that I'll fuck it up, that I'll do everything right, and they'll still, that like, they were just born a psychopath. What am I supposed to do about that? It's something that you can't control. It's true. Like, you'll still love them, though. Ted Bundy's mum went to court all the time, and she was like, oh, not my Ted. And, you know, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dahmer's mum, like, when he got his head caved in with a barbell or whatever, she was like, well, are you happy now he's dead? <laughs> but people were like, oh yes, I am, God. actually. Even serial killers' mums love them. Yeah. I can't wait to watch that documentary. <laughs> I think that um, I did listen to, uh, I think it was Dateline or maybe it was 2020. They did like a, a few episodes on this story and it was really good. And it's how I know so much about it. Look it up if you want to. But it's probably the same as the documentary. Like all the information that you get. Do you know what? It's the sort of thing that I thought on reflection would be so difficult to retell in a podcast because mm. this people have got kind of similar names yeah like chad yeah chad vallow yeah and uh who's the other guy the guy that she's actually with that she's married to lori vallow remember. and chad daybell yes it's like chad daybell name. and yeah. chuck vallow or yeah their names are really similar and yeah. you're like that's her brother but they haven't got the same name and then yeah. it's just like what the fuck <laughs> and then there's a niece that comes into it it's yeah. just all over the shop. And all the kids have got different dads as well. So that's mm -hmm. confusing. Mm -hmm. It's like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, you have to <laughs> fucking like pause it and Google people. <laughs> but anyway, it's if you can get your head in the game, that is, so, oh, I'm like, I'm looking forward to us finishing this podcast and me turning it back on again. Yeah. Because I still am on, I still haven't finished it. Okay. I, I can't wait to watch it. I think even if I don't watch it tonight with the other girls, then... It'll be something I watch this weekend for sure. Yeah, 100%. Okay, should we get into the, the main event? Yes, let's get into it. What I have no idea what our theme is this week, Talissa. Tell us what it is. It's my favorite theme at the moment, <laughs> which is cold cases solved in 2022. Yeah, amazing. I think... I thought I would take a leaf out of uh, the YouTube channel that I love. I can't remember the name of it. I will. I have posted it before because I like it so much. Just Google cold cases solved in 2022 and this channel will come up. <laughs> okay. It's like, yeah, it's just so satisfying to have an end. So this is the story of Mary McLaughlin. Ooh. And it's also good because this is in Scotland and we don't go to Scotland much. Yeah. I must say. Yeah. Well, I don't go to Scotland. And I don't go to Scotland enough. I yes. go to Wales quite a bit. Yes. So I don't go to Northern Ireland much either. So let's see what we can do in those yeah. regions uh, sooner rather than later. Mary McLaughlin was born in 1926. And in 1984, she was 58 and living in Glasgow. And she was a mother to 11 children and then had lots of grandchildren. Wow. And that is basically all I can find out about her as a person. Aww. Like I like to I like to find out a bit more about people and what they were like and stuff. But yeah. 
that's all I can find. And I think I think she was just really family like orientated. Okay. She's just comes from this. She's got a huge family. Yeah. So on Wednesday, September 26th, 1984, Mary was spending her evening in the Hindland pub in Hindland Street in Glasgow. Uh, so Glasgow is like north of Edinburgh in the middle of the country in Scotland. It's one of been the... to Glasgow. Edinburgh and Glasgow are the two main big Biggest cities, cities in Scotland, right? Yeah. So I need to go to Glasgow. But I've been to Edinburgh and it, yeah, Scotland's brilliant. Mm. I need to go back. Mm-hmm. So she was playing dominoes and having a few drinks with her friends. And later she was do- she was joined by one of her daughters called Catherine. She just sounds like she's having such a wholesome life. Yeah. Like she's at the pub on a Wednesday playing dominoes and having Aww. some drinks and hanging out with her daughter. It's just the yeah. cutest thing. So Catherine would later say that her mum wasn't drunk. She just seemed merry. Uh, so Catherine later had to leave the pub and catch a bus home. So she left Mary there. And then at about 22.45, so quarter to 11, Mary left the pub to walk less than a mile home to her flat. On the way, she called into Armando's Chip Shop on Dumbarton Road. And that has made me want some fucking fish and chips like you wouldn't believe. Like, <laughs> imagine this. You're drunk. You're in Scotland. The air is crisp oh. and cold. You're walking home from the pub. You've got a bit of a buzz on. And you just go into the chip shop and get really salty and vinegary hot oh my chips. Gosh. Oh. It's the evening. Your breath is on the... Like, you see your breath. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh. You, How good you, does that sound? You're like, I'm going to get these fish and chips and I'm going to go home and I'm going to put on the TV and I'm going to watch the TV. And I'm Kick off my shoes. amazing sh- chips. <laughs> Get a big pint of water and sober up and just enjoy the warmth of my house and this food. Yeah. Oh, God. Heavenly. Yeah. So that's what she was doing, which got a big fucking lot of time for. Mm -hmm. So the staff in the fish and chip shop reported that she was joking with them and she bought fritters and cigarettes. Okay. I'm adding to this fantasy and I'm eating a pea fritter and I'm having a fag. What a magical evening. <laughs> just walking Literally, home, just ready to ready to relax fully. Just having a lovely cigarette <laughs> way at home. Oh, heaven. So um, I can feel like the bundle of paper that yeah. the chips are wrapped in yeah, and they're making warm. my arm like all warm and yeah, the, the, yeah. the vinegar soaked through a little bit and you could smell it and it's all hot mm-hmm. and steamy. Oh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> really went off course (laughs) no no apologies this is true british nostalgia feeling (laughs) yeah yeah also the chip shop sells cigarettes which is so 80s it's so 80s so 80s i mean what a like what an establishment so a taxi driver named david seeger said that he saw and this is so cute they called her we may Oh, her name was Mary, that. and they called her Wee Wee May. Obviously, Wee meaning little. If yeah. anyone like didn't didn't catch that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he he saw Wee May, and she was walking in front of his taxi with her shoes in her hands. Oh, okay. So she passed a shoe shop, and David Seeger said he saw a man trailing behind her, mm. and he said every time Mary walked away, he was always behind her. So he is credited with the last sighting of Mary. Her family didn't hear from her after this, 
But this is an era, you've got to remember, before mobile phones. Yeah. So she wasn't really in frequent contact with her family. Like, she couldn't, she wasn't texting her family saying, like, on my way home. Yeah. Like, she, she was just probably going just home. Went home, knew she was, somebody knew that they were going to see her the next day. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that is kind of exactly what happened. So, as I was saying, she wasn't in contact with her family. They lived in Glasgow, Lancashire, and Ayrshire in Scotland, which are just regions around. Mm-hmm. And, uh, once a week, one of her sons, 24-year-old Martin Cullen, would head to her house and see her. So on the 2nd of October 1984, six days after the last sighting of her, Martin did just that. So no one had said, like, she's missing. No one was panicking. He just said, well, I'll see her when I go round. He went to her house and he said he couldn't get an answer from knocking on the door. And then he noticed a strange smell which he later described as the most horrible smell you could imagine. So he got a key from the neighbor, but he still couldn't get into the flat. So he had to kick the door down. And his ex-partner, well, she wasn't his ex, she was partner at the time, June Brittle, she said, I'll go into the flat first in case your mum is at a fall or she's naked or Mm. whatever. Like, I'll just go in first, which is really nice of her. Yeah. She ran out screaming. Oh. And he said it was then that he realized that his mum was dead. Oh. So a post-mortem examination found that Mary had died after being strangled with a ligature at least five days earlier. When she was found, she was lying on a bed on her back with her right arm lying on the side of the bed and her legs apart. Mm. The pathologist described the scene. If you're eating or any, like you're not into squeamish stuff, then skip forward. He said the body was in a state of putrefaction, especially the face. And the ligature was tied really tightly around her neck and knotted on one side. And that knot was really deep into her flesh. There was no trace of blood around the body or the bed. And a tie from a lady's dress or apron had been passed around the neck three times with two knots in it. Wow. So the the reason I'm saying that is because this is why June ran out screaming and why it was good that Martin didn't go in first because the way that she I don't think it was that she was posed but there was obviously been some sort of sexual element to this Mm. attack Mm -hmm. with you know with her on a bed with her back and her legs apart and the ligature yeah um evidence was taken from the scene including the ligature they also took Mary's dress and a cigarette butt but at the time very little could be done with regards to DNA isn't that crazy? Like, people would just have a cigarette at the scene of the crime and just chuck it on the floor. Yeah. You could take yeah. a shower and, and nobody would know who you were. No one Yeah, would I mean, I swear to, to God. No, like, I swear so many crimes have been solved with cigarette butts at the scene. Yeah. Like, Recently, yes. It's, it's fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> there were no witnesses beyond the taxi driver. And despite taking hundreds of statements, officers were met with a brick wall and the case went cold. Wow. So no so neighbors this, heard this... anything, nothing like that. Nope. Wow. No. Nope. And this was in 1984. Mm-hmm. So in 2008, the case had been reviewed four times. Wow. But police were no closer to getting a profile of the suspect. And then in 2015, a fifth review of the case was opened and police had a breakthrough with, with a new DNA profile facility at the Scottish Crime Campus in Gart Kosh, North Lancashire. Previously, DNA experts could only look at 11 individual DNA markers, but the latest technology was capable of identifying 24, 
so the odds of getting a usable DNA profile dramatically increased. In 2019, so I don't know why there's four years between these things, but I think they basically realised that this lab could do that kind of work. Mm. And then it wasn't until 2019 that they actually, I don't know, got through the red tape, got the funding, like, I don't know. But anyway, there's four years between uh, the review and what actually happens next. Yeah, the fucking, the hands of justice run slow, right? (laughs) Or the feet or the leg, I don't know, something. (laughs) It's slow, okay? That's what I'm saying. So they decide to untie the knot in the ligature that had been tightened by the killer 35 years earlier because they were sure that it would contain... Sorry, I can't fucking talk today. They were sure... (laughs) I'm just so excited. They were sure it would contain uncontaminated DNA. Wow, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so... Previous examinations of the cord had only found Mary's DNA and a trace that was not possible to analyse. The new process, however, found a minor profile in the knot. Yeah, they just couldn't before. They they knew there was DNA on there, but they were like, there's no point in wasting it because yeah. we can't get a usable sample. Right. So they ran this through the Scottish database and they found a match. Said so that man was Graham McGill. At the time of the murder, he was a 23-year-old sex offender. He'd been convicted of rape in 1981 and he was in the final weeks of a six-year sentence which had been halved due to good behaviour. Oh, what? Now, this is the infuriating part. He was granted temporary release from HMP Edinburgh as part of a training for freedom program on the 21st of September, 1984. Oh, my God. So they would basically let you out, like, for a bit and be like, okay, this is what it's going to be like when you're outside. Yeah. Kind of thing. So during that time, he traveled to Glasgow, struck up a conversation with Mary and walked her back to the flat. He was a stranger to the area and to Mary. So he came all the way from Edinburgh. Just to happened to get off a bus and... Just was... find somebody to attack, I guess. Did he have a work placement there? Like, why was he there? No, That's this weird. is one of the crazy things. You you never find out why he was there. Mm. I'll get to it later, but one okay. of her daughters has a, a theory. Yeah. So once inside the flat, McGill began a brutal, sexually motivated attack on Mary... He strangled her with a ligature he got from inside the flat. So it was one of, I think it was her dressing gown cord or a cord for an apron or they basically knew it was like a cord for a gown of some kind. Yeah. And he covered her with a green dress which had been put on back to front. Mm. So he just left her lying there on her back and covered her up with her own dress. And okay, you're going to get to this. I won't ask. I won't ask questions. Go on. (laughs) I was going to say, like, how do you... How do you know, like, did he give an account or, but I know you're going to get to it. <laughs> I'm going to get to it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to it. So McGill returned to prison on the 27th of September, just hours after leaving Mary's flat. Wow. He stole her keys and locked the door behind him, which is why they think the son couldn't get in. Yeah. He took a black bra from the flat, which was later found in a nearby garden. So they, they, tested that and the cigarette butt and her clothes and they all wow. had his dna on wow that's how they that's how they know that it was him that took the bra from the flat yeah and that it was and it was hers the likelihood of the forensic sample on the cord belonging to someone other than mcgill was eighty five thousand to one wow pretty good odds 
Yeah, especially in Scotland. Yeah. (laughs) Police then said McGill was confused when the officers turned up at his door on the 4th of December 2019. Yes. And he was now aged... I know, right? Get him! And he was now aged 59. Wow. And he didn't say anything and he seemed really shocked. So at the time of his arrest, he was still being managed as a sex offender, but he was working in the Glasgow area as a fabricator, which is, I think, like a machine, operating a machine. Um, Infuriatingly, in 1999, he was jailed for life for a brutal assault. What? Where he tried to rape someone, but he was released on license in 2007. What is it with the, this man getting I, I don't know. put away and then they're like, eh, never mind. He must just be the best prisoner ever. Yeah. He weaseled out of a life sentence. Wow. His trial started in April 2021 and lasted four days at the High Court in Glasgow. Sorry, I've just realised cold cases solved in 2022? No, 2021. <laughs> <laughs> just scrap that. We'll, totally we'll, scrap that. We'll change it to cold cases solved in the past couple of years or something more snappy than <laughs> we'll that think of something snappy <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so his defense tried to cast doubt on whether the track do you know what's so frustrating about this his dna is everywhere mm. how you are going to try and say that he didn't do this or it wasn't him i do not fucking know he does what's the he's, point he's not from this town he's not from this area what how he's not does, her friend even what kind of business does his DNA have on her things other than this? None, Rachel. Zero <laughs> business. So, right? Right. We're going to court. We're going to say this to That's them. it. <laughs> Book me a train ticket to Glasgow. No, so the defense tried to cast doubt on whether the taxi driver, David Seeger, really did see McGill, as he didn't mention a very noticeable scar which runs from one of McGill's ears to his chin. Again, what if it wasn't him that he saw? It doesn't matter. Yeah. And also... He still it was, has DNA all over house. It was probably dark. Maybe he his face, that side of his face wasn't faced that way. Many reasons. I, I would just be like, okay, we won't even have David Seeger on the stand. It doesn't yeah. matter. He's guilty as fuck anyway. So anyway, <laughs> but they did. And then... The defense also tried to insinuate that Mary was drunk at the time of her attack and shouldn't have invited someone back to the flat. Oh, this is still going on in 2021. In 2021, it's still going on that they are like victim blaming an old lady. It's insane. You know what I feel like? What is that cartoon where the man he like has so much rage that he just like sets on fire? Oh, I can't remember. What is it? I don't know what cartoon you're on about, but I can like envisage it in my head. It's, it's everyone really knows it. It's like it's not like it's in the style of like Pokemon. Like what is it called? Oh, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, that's yeah. what I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's so pointless because anything you say, I'm just gonna go. The DNA was on her. The DNA yeah. was on her. The yeah. DNA was on the ligature. Yeah. So, however, the prosecution has just got like so many things apart from the DNA. They're knocking it out of the park. They found his ex-wife, McGill's ex-wife, Suzanne Russell, and she recalled that in 1988, four years after the murder, he confessed to her that he killed a woman he met in a pub after going back to the flat. She added, he said he used her tights and said she was he was shocked how long it took to actually murder her. What 
And she, this he person said, never told anyone. No, but um, he also said, he said he strangled her and said he just wanted to know what it felt like to kill someone. And when they asked why she hadn't come forward sooner, she said he threatened to kill her if she ever told anyone. Okay. Story checks out. Like, yeah. he is obviously a madman. He's just told uh, you that he's killed someone. So. And he'll probably kill you as yeah. well. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't blame her. Yeah. On the 9th of April 2021, the jury found him guilty. And on the 18th of May 2021, the judge sentenced him to life. This is bullshit with a minimum of 14 years. He'll be fucking out again. He'll he's be, out, be out, again. out in like five years. Come on. With how he's his track record of getting out. And what are you hesitating over? He clearly did it. Yeah. Like, I don't. Anyway, so that's Lord Burns who sentenced him. And he made the following statement in court. 36 years after the death of Mary, you have been convicted of her murder. She was 58 when she died and you were 22. You are now 59. Her family has had to wait all that time. They had never given up hope that someday they would find out what happened to her. They have been deprived of her love and companionship and you continue to deny any responsibility for your actions. You therefore show no remorse for this murder. So yeah, he denies it all. He doesn't admit to doing it at all, which is crazy, which kind of gives me hope that if he does come up for parole, he won't get out because you have to admit that you did it. Right. Maybe that's in our favor. Let's hope. But if he is out in eight years, I'm fucking going to Glasgow. (laughs) So another of her daughters, Patricia Cullen, 58, said, I hope he rots. We've been through hell for 36 years. It's a disgrace that he was ever set free in the first place to be able to kill our mum. And I agree. Mm. Yes. So that is the story of Mary McLaughlin. Wow. I'm glad he was caught, but it's so infuriating. This is the third time he's gone to jail for something he's done. If he had just stayed He's clearly a serial sex offender. Yeah, clearly. And who else has he murdered? What else has he done that wasn't caught? Yeah. I always think that. Who else have you fucking killed? They've gone, oh, you know, sex worker, body dumped in a forest or dumped in a ditch. Like, not going to look into it any more than that. Like, it's only for the fact that Mary has family Mm -hmm. that are probably giving the police a hard time that they're looking into this over and over again. Yeah. But I imagine there's countless sex workers or people who are drug addicts and less sort of cared for yeah yeah than she was that their cases have gone cold and it could have been a piece of shit like this Mm. but you know you it's just not looked into as hard you said something about how the sister or sorry the daughter has a theory of why he was in the area yeah so the i could only find like one article on it but the daughter basically has a another daughter none of the ones that were spoken to here has a theory that uh he had an accomplice oh wow because she was like he had no reason to be there so she thinks he was meeting a friend Mm, or meeting like another prisoner yeah and she also thinks that it would have been easier for her mum to invite back like a couple of people Mm. rather than just a lone man on his own or like yeah she just thinks that he basically had business there yeah she wants to know what it was which makes perfect sense you don't just randomly go to glasgow when he told Uh, The other person, he said he met her in a pub, but the people in the pub would have remembered him. So maybe it was someone else in the pub Mm -hmm. and 
he went to that pub to go meet that person or you know saw that person and and then he followed her home that's my theory yeah and you know he's like oh i did it with her tights maybe he's talking about a completely different murder Mm, yeah he could be he could have met another woman in a pub strangled her with tights rather than the dressing gown cord yeah and there could be a murder where a woman was strangled with tights that hasn't been solved or pinned on someone else come on people let's look into this (laughs) let's cold case it cold case yeah my favorite but yeah um you won't have any trouble finding a case. Like, cases are getting solved left, right, and center yep. in 2021 and 2022. Thanks to with... Mr. Paul Holes. Oh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. He's got his new podcast out, which yeah. the jury's still out on I that gotta one. get into that. We're, we're, we have so much to talk about in terms of, like, podcasts and TV shows. I mean, we literally talked for over half an hour today about it. So maybe <gasps> after my episode next week maybe we'll do like a true crime chat again and just talk about yeah all these different things that we've been watching and listening to there's so many good things out there so much content i know i know i yeah. love it me too my dreams have come true <laughs> <laughs> and cool. we're well, included in that we are in that we too. are so thanks for <laughs> listening fulfilling prophecy <laughs> <laughs> yeah But yeah, thanks everyone for listening to us. We hope you enjoyed it this week and we will be back next week with my story. Yeah, speak to you then. Okay, bye. 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 (laughs) Thanks for listening to Transatlantic Crime this week. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review and subscribe. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at TransatCrimePod, Instagram at transatlantic crime and on facebook with transatlantic crime podcast thanks bye